Hey, what's up? This is Stephen with Avenue Church. So glad you're getting an opportunity to check out our weekly messages. And we hope that something that you hear will help you experience the life that you were created to live in Christ through experiencing his unconditional love, finding your identity in Christ, and then getting the opportunity and chance to live out your purpose. Um, this message, this podcast is actually a little bit different than what we typically do. We're in the middle of a series called Hope Restored, and we're having conversations with families and individuals from our church who walked through a season where it seemed like maybe hope was lost, but we serve a Savior who is still alive and is involved in our lives today in a very real way, um, restoring hope. And so I pray that you're encouraged by this conversation, and we would love to know how we can pray for you and connect with you. You can text the word Avenue Connect to 97000, and you'll receive a link to let us know those things. Or you can search us on social media, all social media, by searching Our Avenue Church, or go to our website at OurAvenueChurch.com. Either way, we would love to connect with you and hope that this message is an encouragement to you. Enjoy. So April um, has been a part of our church for uh, almost two years. Like you came, started coming not, not super long after launch. And so she is going to be sharing a story with us, um, how she followed God in obedience and fostering, which led to her adopting to um, sisters that she fostered in the beginning. So I'm going to just pray that there would be no nerves over you and the Holy Spirit would just speak um, through your life, because we are all in places where maybe God's calling us to a step of obedience, and we can be nervous of what that's going to look like. So let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for um, this day. God, I thank you for um, what you have done in April's life up until this point, and that you are still writing her story. God, your word says that you have began a work in us, and you will continue it until the day of completion. Um, upon Christ's return, and not only in her life, but also in the life of her girls. And so, God, I just pray that um, your spirit would speak through us and that um, April would be at complete peace and speak with all authority and anointing as your spirit gives direction. In Jesus' name, and everyone says, amen, amen. amen. April, let's go. We're just going to uh, start just to get to know you. So share a little bit of your story, just to introduce yourself. You're a teacher, right? All of, all of our teachers in the house, let's hear you, yeah. right? Come on. Um, so yeah, just, just start with a little bit of your story, introducing yourself. Um, so my name is April, and I have been a teacher for about 21 years, I'm not really sure. Um, one of the, I taught Erica in first grade, so that really oh. makes me feel old. Wow. Um, and Erica's <laughs> about to be a mom. She's to have a baby, like any, so any, any baby. I don't know how that can happen, but it does. Um, so just my background, um, I've always was raised knowing God. I was raised Catholic. Um, I went to a Catholic high school. So I had a relationship with God, but I never really had a deep relationship with Jesus. Um, so I guess when I was about my late 20s, early 30s, I started yearning for that relationship. And a friend of mine had um, introduced me to her church, so I went to church with her and stayed there for a while, okay. um, and then just some changes in the church, and COVID happened, and they were very, um, we were isolated. I was teaching virtually, 
um, at the time. So I was just extremely isolated at work and life. And that's how I came to Avenue through a, through a coworker invited me to come here. And that's how I found my, my way here. Awesome. So you guys remember 2020? That was a fun time, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so, and even 20, so this is 2021. And so your church was still in a season of isolation and social distancing. You know, I hate that terminology. And so, um, so you started attending that church when you were how old? Um, probably 28, okay. late 20s. Okay. I was there so for like a, a decade while. or so. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what was your involved? Were you involved yes. in church there? Okay. I was in the nursery. I worked in the nursery every um, week. Okay. I said, please do not put me with school age children. <laughs> I can hold and rock a baby, but I need, I need a break. So yeah. I did that every awesome. week. Um, Everywhere. So yeah. April serves in multiple areas. She actually serves in the nursery here, but we try not to, if you like, if you love working with kids, we would love to have you work with kids, like with our kids. We do not put you in the kids ministry and lock you away forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes we have that experience, but we want to get you rotated out. And you also serve on our greeter experience team. And so you'll, you've probably seen her as a greeter and usher connection to like, we put her everywhere because she's just so welcoming. Um, so, during during that time you were living for the Lord, okay, what was maybe a key God moment for you that was maybe pivotal in your walk with him, um, walking with him? I just started to really develop my relationship with Jesus, which okay. was something new. Okay. Um, okay. And then just... And I started to realize, how can anybody walk through this life without that relationship or without that hope? Like, if everything is, that's what keeps you going, is having that relationship and the the hope um, that Jesus brings. Okay, so what, was there ever a season where you felt like maybe you walked away? Yes. Um, In my early 20s, I lived like a 20-year-old We've Went all out. been there, right? Yep. The one, a lot um, of us. I told Stephen when we met that my dad, he is now a pastor, but he was not always a pastor. This is a late in life um, thing for him. So I was not like a pastor's child growing up, but he would call me every Sunday and I dreaded it because I would have been out late the night before or maybe at a friend's house and he'd call every Sunday. April, did you go to church today? No. You know, I didn't want to answer his phone because... Yeah, it's hard to tell your dad, like, no, I know you want me to, but no, I didn't go to church. But every Sunday, he would still call and ask me. Um, And so when I started getting involved in the church, it was important for me to take my dad with me and just kind of get his approval of where I was attending. Yeah, her dad's been here a couple times, and we have his approval. Yeah, we have his approval, yeah. (laughs) Thank God for persistent parents, right? And so moms and dads and new moms-to-be and dads-to-be, um persistence is so key um and it's it's hard sometimes but you're grateful for that yes season yes. now right yes. um so you walked through a season of fostering yes. and now you have adopted two incredibly cute girls that I I did not know they were adopted they mm-hmm. look so much like her it's just incredible so tell us what what sparked this thought this desire to to want to foster um so I was in my mid-30s, um, single, never been married. Uh, my parents divorced when I was young, so that's always just been a thing like I've struggled with. I haven't wanted to go through that myself or if I ever had children. Um, put, 
put them through just the struggles that I went through. So I was single, no children, bought a new house, you know, had everything. And I had thought about fostering before, but it was, no, I can't do it. I'm single. It would be too hard to give them back. How can I afford it? Like I had no, 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 no for everything. I forgot to tell you, I started by fostering dogs. So Okay. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's actually what we see in Scripture. Yeah. Before, like... Adam had to yeah. take care of the animals before he could take care of another human. So good job. All right. Yeah. So once I fostered. Which is easier, dogs or yes, humans? Yeah. Dogs? Well, okay. Dogs. Dogs are easier. I, yeah, dogs for sure. Agreed. Uh, you can put them outside. So once I fostered them and like gave them to a new family and I, it was sad, you know, but I got to see, oh, they're going to their forever home. Like what a happy ending. Um, still just kept being on my heart. To, to that I might need to check out fostering, but I did not want to. Um, so I started by re- just kind of researching, you know, do you get a stipend for fostering? Like, what are the requirements? What goes along with it? And it just kept, like, nagging at me. And I just remember one day after school, I was in the Target parking lot, and I just Googled, like, fostering. And I Googled, like, who do you call? DCS, there's agencies. Um, so I just called, like, some random people. Um, and, and I knew if I didn't do it then, that I might not do it. And at that point, I've never been one that thinks I hear God or, or know what he's saying. All I knew is I was supposed to do it, and if I didn't do it, then I was being so there was, disobedient. There was a sense of urgency mm-hmm. in that moment. It's like, this is it. This is mm-hmm. in Target. God can speak anywhere, right? In Target. And, and one of the things that we talked about when we had dinner is that we have good ideas. The difference between a good idea and a God idea is the God idea really never goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, it lingers and it mm-hmm. nags. But there, there does come a point, I believe, that we're you are disobedient long enough that the door can close. Because I've seen that, I've seen that happen. Well, and I didn't know what my, um, like I didn't know why I was supposed to call. I didn't know, was I going to foster? Was I not? Was, did I just need to follow through with being obedient? Like, is that what I'm being asked to do? Um, I, I never went into fostering with the intention of adopting. <clears throat> That's not what brought me to it. It was all... Just I felt like I was being told to make that call, and I had no idea where well, it would lead me. What would be the next mm-hmm. step? So you knew the first step mm-hmm. was Google. That's a lot yeah. of our first steps, right? <laughs> you knew the first step yeah. was, was to get the information. Yes. And you, okay, so you made the call. Yes. And then what was, what was the next step after that, either in your mind yeah. or practically like? So then I had to make the decision um, whether I went through DCS or an agency, and they have pros and cons. Um, with an agency, you have extra support, extra caseworkers, um, but also like extra requirements. Uh, with DCS, you're more likely to get more calls, okay. infant calls, baby calls. Um, so I prayed to God, like, if I'm supposed to do this, then I need you to send me a support system. Like, I cannot do this by myself. And the church I was attending to attending, I had asked somebody, like, will you pray for me? I'm thinking about being a foster mom, and I'm going through this. And she said, well, did you see the um, ad in the bulletin? And I had not. And it was that New Vision was doing a foster training um, through an agency. And 
And this was after God had spoke to you in Target. Yes, but I was still deciding like where to go. And then I was in a small group at the time and I shared, you know, what I was considering. And a a girl in there was like, well, my friend is going to that class and she's going to, she's taking the foster class. So there was my answer. Like I was going through an agency and um, me and her went through the class all together. So I had some support there. She was also single at the time. So we were there to go through it together and um, start our journey together. Okay. Wow. See, um, we try to find excuses to not be obedient. And guys, let me take care of that for you. Let me take care of that for you. So next step after, so you went to the training. Mm-hmm. How, what was the timeline between you finished the training and you had your first, mm-hmm. uh, because your daughters weren't your first. They were. They were your first. Okay, that's right. They were your yeah. first. Okay. So um, I, I think I started the class in like February, finished, I don't know, March or April. I was not in a hurry. I um, was going to Guatemala that summer. I just had a bunch of, you know, stuff to do. Not in a hurry. Thought this is God's time. Um, went through the home study. You know, that takes a while. All the paperwork, all the training. You pretty much have to submit everything. Like, I thought they would ask me for my DNA, seriously. Yeah. So you go through all of that. Um, and then it was about December that okay. I had finally gotten everything clear. And before I was even approved, I got a phone call about sisters And it was real back and forth at the time. Like, they thought they might just need me for respite over Christmas. Then there was a family that was going to take them in Clarksville. So one minute I was going to get them, and then the next minute I wasn't. And it was was one of the hardest things for me through this whole process was I was not in control of anything. And I'm very independent. I'm very, I can do everything. And I had no control, no planning, nothing. So... Finally, I got approved, and um, my caseworker told me it was the fastest approval she had ever seen. It was approved in, like, one day. Um, so then I got a call. It was, I don't this was all around December 20th, um, that they would be coming to me December 23rd. And I had a trip planned to go see my dad. Um, then Christmas, what am I going to do? So my sisters pulled together and got them Christmas presents and... Um, so we, I got them December 23rd. Wow. Mm-hmm. So did you want to, and I didn't ask you this, did you go to see your dad or did I you did, have to, you did get really to go? quick. Mm-hmm. What an adventure for mm-hmm. the girls. Let's yes. come on. Okay. Yeah. And, and I told Stephen the first night that they were there, I had like, oh, yeah. they had been to several foster homes before they came to me. And it was very apparent, like they just busted in the doors, like they owned that place, picking out beds, running around and, um, what was really tough the first night, my oldest one, she was four. The little one had just turned two, five days, six days before I got her. And the oldest one had just turned four. And she said to me, am I going to wake up here in the morning? And that was tough. Like, wow, how many nights has she gone to bed one place and then woke up somewhere else? And, um, yeah. <laughs> just just to think that a child going through that, you know, how fortunate, you know, and I don't know some of your stories in here that may have been your experience, but they were able to wake up there yes. the, the yes. next day. And yes. so how long did they stay with you? 
Um, so they stayed with me for about 13 months. Uh, oh, wow. L- long, long 13 months. <laughs> okay. Um, I never knew that young children could, I, you know, I thought, oh, I'll foster them when they're younger. It'll be easier. But they were, Not they easy. were damaged and yeah. they were hurt. And, you know, I didn't think a two and four year old could be mm. so, so broken. broken. Um, so along the way though, I I was like, God, I don't know that I heard you like, not sure I heard you right. (laughs) You know, I'm checking in with you. Like, and then are you still here? Yeah. (laughs) And he would open the door, like the tiniest bit that kept me going, like just not wide open, just enough to keep me going. Um, and then I told Stephen I was not ready to to adopt them. They always had a dual plan of a return to family or adoption, and I really supported their biological mom the first time. Um, you know, I wanted her to get better. I wanted her to get them back. I wanted to have that happy reunification. Um, the happy ending. Yeah, that, that I talked to her a lot. Um, I accommodated her schedule a lot. Um, and, but I had, I was setting it up with another family that I knew from church and who had also gone through the foster process with me that they wanted to adopt them. And I was okay with that, um, because they were going to let me remain in their life. And, and I was okay. I was still going to get to see them, you know? So this was a family at your church. So they would, so the girls would still be a part of your life. And then you could go on to foster another set. And you've done your, your job 13 months. And now they have, this was probably about November um, of the following year. And about that time, their mom got into a rehab place in Alabama. Um, Like she didn't have a job. She didn't have a home. She'd just gotten there, but it was a place that would take the kids were allowed to go. So the whole court process was a whole nother, whole nother thing. Um, but it came seemingly out of nowhere that the judge just sent the girls off to Alabama. Um, they were no longer in foster care. They were no longer Tennessee. Um, had no rights to them. They did weekend visits, every other weekend visits with her where they went three hours to Birmingham and three hours back in a weekend. Um, and then around December, well, they went back officially in January of the next year, but... Did you know going into that Christmas holiday at that point, going into that holiday that it was... Well, I knew she was at the rehab, and I knew that the goal there was to eventually bring the kids, but it happened so fast, um, and I felt like there's no plan for them. I mean, where's she going to live? What's, what, what's her job? Like, you're just sending these girls there um it it did not make any any sense again you're not in control no not in control um their mom had promised me or their biological mom I still say their mom um she had promised me that she would keep in touch and up until that last court date I sort of believed her um and then that court date when they went home to her I I just knew that's probably like the last time I was going to see them so you spent 13 months mm-hmm. raising these girls, loving them, mm-hmm. cheering their mom mm-hmm. on, and then you release them in what you think is going to be a happy ending, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not, right? Mm-hmm. 
So you release them, and you know in your heart, like, this is probably going to be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what was your conversation with God like over the next few months during that process? We kind of talked about this, but not. I still believed that God had a purpose, whether it was his mom got, whether their mom got better there, whether, you know, I don't know, maybe that was just my season of life was just to to love them and care for them those 13 months. Um, It was just a lot of confused and it didn't make sense, but I knew his plan was greater than mine, even though I couldn't understand what the plan was. Um, So how long were they with their biological mother at this point? um, Well, so she graduated the program in like May and they moved back to their hometown, um, which I had kept a tab on them on social media. What I forgot to tell you is through this whole thing, when I say God was with me every single step of the way, long story short, we went through several caseworkers. Um, one of the caseworker at one point later in the story, she was sisters with their biological mom's former probation officer. And yeah, there's lots of, there's lots (laughs) of connect the dots. Okay. Wow. Um, However, I got lots of information that I would not have. Yes. I would not have normally known, um, all this information. So even though I wasn't in control, I felt like, oh, God's giving me some extra, you know, stuff I'm not supposed to have. Um, but so I kept tabs with them. They were back in their hometown, and I knew that wasn't, that was not a good place for them to be. Um, my oldest was starting kindergarten that year, and as a teacher, I knew eyes would be on her. So I was thankful for that because I knew there would be people in her life that had to watch and report if they noticed anything. Yeah. So how long were they with their biological mother before they came? Um, they were probably with you. her um, like 11, 12 months, almost a okay, year. Almost a year is a long year for you, mm-hmm. right? A long year. Well, I'd fo- I was fostering, fostering other kids in okay. the midst of that. So, but they were always, the always wondered, the what are they mind. doing? How are they doing? Um, so yeah. what started bringing them back? So walk us through that for the next couple of minutes. So they're back with you now as fostering. So so I got them back in December. Everything always seemed to happen in December. December stirs like a body response in me. Um, Anybody else have those months of the yeah. year? It's like It seems like for us it's the yeah. summer. It's like always. So they, they came back in December. Um, it was special. I had been fostering two other daughters um, I call them the big girls. And their initials were A and K also. My girls are A and K. Um, and their last night with me, the big girls last night with me, was my daughter's first night back with me. So our very last night, I had all four of my foster girls. We all had a big slumber party um, together. What a party. Yeah. Awesome. So did you know at that point, when they came back, that you were going to pursue adopting them? No. 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 Okay. Um, things were probably easier this time around because they were older and they kind of remembered some of the stuff that, you know, that we had worked on and some of the normalcy we had tried to create. Um, 
but I still wasn't sure what their biological mom was going to do, how her journey was going to go, how her path was going to go. Um, but I, I wasn't as accommodating this time. Um, I felt in the midst of all of this that a lot of people did not look out for their, their best interest. And it was if no, if they're not going to fight, like who's going to fight for them? I'm, I'm going to fight for them. And so I had to be their voice, um, and everything. Yeah. So I decided that time around, it's not going to go the same way it, it did. I'm going to advocate for them. Thank God you did. Putting some boundaries up yes. for Lots them of boundaries. and for yes. you. Okay. Yes. Um, so, what sparked the thought of you know what? I don't want to just foster. Mm-hmm. I want to be a forever home for them. So, to pray, pray a lot about it, a lot. Um, you know, I was in the midst of it, so I couldn't see all the changes that were happening because our day to day life was hard. But other people telling me, like, you, you just don't know how far you've come and how far they've come. And um, just, you know, kind of thinking, like, what was my purpose in this, God? Was it, you know, here at first I thought I was fostering and it was just a season. And now they're back with me and all was God's timing. And so what is, what is my purpose in this? Is it to adopt them? And... I don't want to say I ever like heard it loud and clear, but it was just like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be obedient and pursue this. I'm gonna take the next yes. step. Yes. Google it. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yes. The next step. Yes. So what was that next step? So it was um, terminating their mom's biological mom's rights, um, even though that never happened. And I really honestly didn't think that it would happen because every time we went to court, she was given another chance and another chance. And she was in jail throughout this time. She had had two more babies during this time. And it was just another another chance, another chance. And I felt like it was all about her and never were the girls considered. Um, and so we were getting ready to move up to the next court. And it was a new judge. And I was like thankful, okay, maybe this is, where our story is going to change. About that time, their biological mom had got arrested um, and had a felony charges. And so she decided to surrender. And so she surrendered her rights, which opened it up for me to be able to adopt them. Now, I love the part that you shared with us. So when you're going through the process, there's lots of court dates involved and lots of legalities. And so yours, like the day that... We're supposed to um, finalize and make it official. Mm. Didn't happen as normal, right? Like you didn't get to go. Like Mm-mm. so, there yeah. was some nervousness in it. But this is this is how cool God works things out. Like they didn't even have to leave their house. So right? yeah, you know, the whole time you're waiting, like you have to wait your four days after she signs her rights away. You know, you're waiting. Is she gonna? Is she gonna change her mind? Like I said, nothing was ever in my control. Um, so she finally surrenders. We're moving on. Of course, it's December again. And we are going to go to court. It's like the last session before they close for Christmas. Um, and I get a call that our judge has COVID. Um, so I would put on Facebook, um, you know, that he, I didn't know if it was going to happen. And then I had a friend who messaged me and was like, you know, I know a judge. He said he will do it for you. Come on. 
anyways. So I was like, oh, there's God. But then our judge, even though he had COVID, did it on Zoom um, from his house. Yeah. He didn't have to leave mm-hmm. the house. No. That's, come on. Yeah. What's, what was some of the biggest hurdles that you felt like you had to overcome? You know, obviously with the, with the mother, but then I know mm-hmm. some of the things that we talked about was just financial hurdles because it's, like, it's yeah. expensive mm-hmm. to adopt. It's- so I was worried about how I could financially afford it because I'm single and I'm a teacher. And teachers make a ton of money, <laughs> right, guys? It's, that's why I married my wife because she wanted to be a teacher. Um, but I learned that when you foster, you get a stipend. Um, that helped a lot because I could already pay my bills, you know, everything for me. So any extra would have been to help the girls. Um, you know, we got a lot of help through Christmas. We got some sponsors. Um, and I told Stephen, one of the hardest things for me because I am so independent is allowing others to to bless me, to give me stuff. And and I, but I realized not everybody can be a foster parent, but people want to help you in your journey. And if I didn't allow them to, to give to me, then I was stopping their blessing. Yeah. And so that was kind of hard. Um, but, you know, that was the time I was growing and realizing. Uh, You're not in control. I'm not, not in control. No. So you've now been their mother officially for how long? Um, it was December 21st of 2020. 2020. So, so two, two and a half years. Two years. Yeah. Over two years. Come on, let's mm-hmm. give God praise yeah. for that. So not only, not only has, did because she prayed at the beginning, remember the beginning, she prayed for a support network. Mm-hmm. God provided that. And she's praying, God, I need you to help provide financially. Mm-hmm. God's provided that. Um, with the stipend and also through healthcare, yeah. you don't pay a dime. Once for I healthcare. adopted them, um, so I was worried about losing that stipend. Um, but you can request certain things. They were a sibling group, so it's harder to adopt. It's harder for them to get people to adopt sibling groups. Um, they've also just had a lot of trauma in their life, so you know I knew they would need mental health help, medication. I was afraid I couldn't provide that for them. Um, they got, they stay on state insurance, so everything is paid for them. Every doctor's appointment, every specialist visit, all of their medication. Um, we get free counseling. If you, in Tennessee, if you adopt through the state, of, through foster care in the state of Tennessee, they get free family counseling until they're 18. So we've been able to take care of that. Um, and, still get the stipend. Yeah, and she just got a new job where yeah. she's going to be teaching STEM, right? And so, mm-hmm. come on, even that. Yeah. And there's more. They're in the process, close to being done mm-hmm. with their house. Mm-hmm. So they are building a house, mm-hmm. and and we've got some pictures of that on on the screen. And so this is from a couple of weeks ago, and. Before the inside started to get built in, they went in and wrote scriptures all over. I think we've got some pictures of that as well. If you go to those, wrote scriptures. So uh, bless this house, uh, the Alvey family, 2023, their names. And so got a couple of pictures of some scriptures that they wrote. And um, where you go, I will go. And I love this. Where you stay, I will stay. And think about what the oldest asked, will, will we wake up here tomorrow? 
And so, and I think there's, there's one more, and I love this, is uh, blessed you shall be when you come in and blessed you shall be when you go out from Deuteronomy. And, and your vision for this, could you just share, like, like this is something that all of you are going into, right? And just speak yeah. to that. Just So when the girls came to my house, I mean, it was definitely a safe haven for them. Um, but this is, is our house with a brand new start. And, you know, they came and they came and went from my current house, but this will be our house that that they get to live in and that we're building together as a family. So. Come on. Um, and again, like we said last week, when she was in the middle of all that, even fostering for the first time and um, realizing that maybe maybe dogs are way easier than kids, right? <laughs> and thinking like... But seeing the blessings that you have now, you didn't know what you no. would be walking in. And in, the newest blessing I haven't got yeah. to share you share with on. you. So I've been a little stressed about this house and how I'm going to afford it. And Rutherford County just passed new pay raise for its teachers. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> Which will give me about $10,000 more. It was a pretty big increase. So, right. yeah. Wow. That's yeah. like. I feel like that's, he's showing out a little bit right now. That's like I'm what he does, though, right? Because yes. he gets the glory yeah. and we get the goods. <laughs> yeah, right. We get the he, we yeah. get the goods. Um, so not not all of us are called to adopt, right? But God does call all of us to something, you know. And we don't, <coughs> excuse me, we don't always know how it's going to turn out. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is the story of Jonathan, who is Saul's son. Um, Saul is the first king of Israel, and the the Philistines. Um, are camped out on a hill, top hill, and Jonathan grabs his armor bearer and says, let's go up and fight these Philistines. Perhaps the Lord will be with us. And I'm sure there was some time stepping into that. You're like, God, I'm going, but I'm going believing that perhaps that you will. And, and Jonathan says, the Lord can win whether he's fighting with two people or a whole army. And so God brought you those resources and those relationships um, for you and your sweet girls. And so um, it may not be adoption for you, but, but what is it that maybe the Lord's calling you to do um, to take a step of faith and you think I have to have the whole plan laid out? And like we prayed just earlier in the service, like most of the time all he ever shows us is the next step. And we have to be obedient with that next step and that first step before he shows us the second and the third and sometimes that second step is not immediate. If they had never gone back to their biological yeah. mom, they would not be my children. And that hit me one day, you know, like, wow, that, that step that made no sense is what changed the direction. Yeah. And so yeah. it was in the midst of the just not understanding and the, the patient that God had a plan yeah. that I didn't know. And, and remembering that, that obedience can lead to some heartbreak at times and heartache and some very tough seasons. But when we stay faithful to him who is faithful to us, the outcome is greater than we could ever imagine. Um, and so we're praying that today's story sticks with you to stay the course, to be obedient, to trust God, to remember, and just some things that I wrote down, just remember, you're not in control. 
um, God is, to remember to let others help you like she had to do, um, and that God provides above and beyond what we could ask or imagine, right? Um, we're going to pray over them and pray over the girls. We've brought them in. Um, so if you guys would stand as they come up and just let's give God a hand for them. <laughs>